Welcome back to the Amateur Theatre Podcast and episode number nine. Is it possible it's number nine? Wow. Today I'm talking to Michael Deacon. He is a currently a training director and he is based in Plymouth. I knew him when he was an actor and much of our conversation today focuses on his past life and training as an actor. And we really focus in on two main elements to his experience with drama school. The first being struggles that he went through to get in and what other aspiring actors are going through and what they have to put themselves through in order to attempt to get onto a drama school course. And then once on, he gives us an insight into what he learned and what took place on the course that he was part of. And we talk a lot about those and that's voice work, movement and script. So for those of you interested to hear what goes on at drama school and for those of you who are considering going to drama school this is probably a good one for you so sit back and enjoy so i've done a year of a levels which i enjoyed interesting but not what i wanted to do two years of college which i loved and then started auditioning for drama schools. Didn't and get in in my first year. What, what was the college setup like? Because um, I'll feed back into asking you how it maybe differed from what drama school, etc., was like. But what was the, the dynamic of the two years that you did at the, the Banbury College? It was the teaching and the structure was really great. Like there was a lot of different modules we did. Right. So we got a quite a wide experience you know we did um that we did a physical theater module we did a couple of we, we had choices to do whether like an acting module or dance module so we got to do a couple of uh sort of um contemporary dance modules we got to do sort of special projects where it would be like a, de- a couple of devising projects we did mask work we did um we did uh, at the end of our first year we did a theater and education tour it was only a day, but we got went like around a few primary schools, which when you're like, you know, 17 was really was a really fun and good way to to get to to get some performing experience. Yeah. Uh, second year we did directing um, and in the first year you you act in the director's performance. So my first year I was in a piece and then in the second year I directed a piece, which, again, I loved and sort of found a. A real like oh i i really enjoyed that and i sort of made a mental note of that there and liked like i enjoyed being on that side of the process and obviously that would come back what else and then we sort of i can't and then we did a couple of scripted pieces and then we did a big sort of end of year show that we did at the mill arts center okay um and we performed there which was great you know it was properly teched it was it was and that was way more than if I'd done a, a, well, an A-level in drama. That's what, way, that's what, way, way, way Yeah, more. that's what I was about to ask you. What, who, I mean, it sounds like you definitely found it beneficial for someone who's listening who is on the cusp of making that decision. And also you made, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I don't want to overemphasize it, but leaving midway through your A-levels is quite a big choice to make at 17. So you obviously had the courage of your convictions, but there might be others who are maybe 16 and going into the decision-making process is it was it a useful time spent for pursuing the career that you want to pursue or would it have been better to get a levels and then started auditioning for drama schools what what are your feeling on the kind of like the because i'm just i'm i'm trying to utilize your experience to just obviously it's everyone's life and things that are going on are different and experience is different and whatever but if there's a if there's a thought in your head that no you should definitely not do this sort of thing because it was great fun but the things i learned at drama school just repeated those two years or whatever it might be interesting to hear that i that's a really interesting question i don't i thought it was really useful okay. um and it, that's an interesting thought because i don't I don't think my college years necessarily prepared me to audition for drama schools. Okay. Um, 
because actually not many people did audition. There were only a few of us that actually went for auditions in the second year for drama schools. Uh, Quite a few people went to uni and went and did, you know, an acting or drama course at uni. Um, But there were only about three or four of us, I think, that were auditioning for drama schools. So we didn't, it didn't necessarily prepare me for that, but I, it, it did make me more inclined as an actor in a way that my drama A level wouldn't have done. Right. Okay. So I, Just I think the focus there's, was there's, so heavy on on performing. Whereas right. if I'd been doing my A levels, it wouldn't have been that. It, I, you know, I was performing every day at, at college, and you know, for an audition, you have to perform. Whereas at at, at, at sixth form, that wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's. Uh, it was. I, I. I'm. I'm glad I made that decision. Yeah. I think the practical, the practical um, experience that I was taught at college was more valuable to me pursuing a career, you know, as a actor or a director or whatever, than doing my A levels would have been. Okay. I think A levels were keeping the the my options open. Going to college was going. This is what I want to do. Right. Okay. Um, but I don't regret doing. But I don't regret doing that first year of A levels. That was really, you know, that was really useful to me because it gave me a whole extra year of education at, at a level higher than my, you know, than my schooling did because yeah. it was my A levels rather than you know GCSE level. So even the subjects I was learning about, I still learned good stuff, and I don't regret doing that year. But I, I think that was the right decision to make for sure. And I would, and it wasn't, a, and you know. Now, now I can say it with conviction, but at the time I was really like, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what to do because I, you know, I want to, I'm enjoying my subjects, but also I want to do this and I don't know what the best. And also there's sort of, I think there's sort of a stigma around uh, BTEC courses um, in that they're not, they're not useful academically. Yeah. I think there's, I definitely felt that pressure of, well, if, I go and do the BTEC, I'm not going to be able to do anything with it, whereas my A-levels are useful. This is not going to be useful. In fact, my deputy head teacher at the time said that I said that I'd be, I was at the sixth form open evening and I'd been to the college open evening um, in year 11. And the, the deputy head said, the only thing that going to college is good for is busking. If you want to be a busker, then you might as well go there. What a guy. So, I mean, he was really selling it. I mean, it like it worked, you know, like obviously he had a motive of, you know, get as many students into the sixth form as possible. I mean, that was quite an extreme tactic, but it, you know, it sort of worked. But so there was, there was that stigma. And now I, I don't see that stigma at all because I did, you know, what grade I got didn't matter didn't matter about the course what course i wanted to at uni and it mm-hmm. didn't matter i mean it did to a certain extent if, well, I, if you want you know, if you want to become an accountant if you suddenly decided you wanted to be an accountant maybe it wouldn't have been the best choice but, but at the same time i did drama history philosophy and ethics and media so which you know aren't particularly useful for a lot of for a lot of career switches anyway the the idea that actually in terms of what it set you up for going forward overall was useful and beneficial if it didn't set you up specifically for the next stage which was drama school well then yeah. you know that's you can't you know they're not gonna maybe maybe that is something they should be looking to tailor mm. or to to factor into their teaching because you know even though three of you went to drama school or went off to drama school to try and get in you know you'd, you'd want to think that two years of doing drama at college sets you up for the next phase which is definitely you know drama school and if yeah. they're not if they're not prepping you correctly for those auditions then that's a maybe a shortcoming of the course it was it definitely was the fact that there wasn't you know there wasn't a audition module or anything which that absolutely should have been um and i think yeah but but the but the, all the modules put together were actually quite valuable for me going into drama school and saying okay i've got an experience of these things yeah 
<clears throat> I know what it's about, which yeah. I wouldn't have done with the drama. And and also, um, as you said, just the experience of performing. I've talked to a number of people, and so many of them say just you know just the doing of it is so beneficial. You know, which yeah. Yeah, I, I, and I, I needed to do even more of that because all I was doing really was whatever coursework I was doing at school or college. So all I was doing at, at, at school and then maybe the, and then the CTC shows, I wanted to get even more experience. That was really helpful. Yeah. So I guess the next question would be, what is it that you wanted or should have been taught? What, what those auditions that you moved into after your two years and... And again, you began to answer before I interrupted you, but um, you know, you, you you didn't get in. You said you did say briefly you didn't get in on your first auditions. What when we, which we will come back to about the process of getting in and how difficult it is and how many people are applying, etc. But what if we were to just throw some stuff out there that someone listening might be able to utilize in their auditions? What were you? What would you say was kind of some of the stuff you learned from trying, failing, and going back and trying again? The one thing I learned right at the end was you have to be, you can't just be, this sounds really bad, but you can't just be yourself. You've got to be the best version of yourself on that day. Okay. If it, you'll have and to I didn't learn it. that. I didn't learn that. So I, well, I what is thought, it, what, is it, you know, what does that mean? So, you know, you don't just go in as you are, like it's any other day. Mm -hmm. You have to really try to showcase in that moment in that 10 minutes the best of you you okay. yourself in the best light so one so one, when i when i did finally get into drama school um spoiler alert i <laughs> i um we did we actually did because i got i got into a found i got into a, a cert he course the foundation course at italia conti and during that year, we then had actually mock auditions for then, you know, go because, you know, it was a one year course, because, because people were, we were still auditioning to get on three year courses. Um, and we did mock auditions. And in that mock audition, at the end of the audition, we chatted to the panel, we chatted to the panel and, and got feedback there and then because it was only a mock. It was like, okay, do the audition. Okay, this is how it went. And they said, you know, you, when we were chatting, they said, you are, a completely different person to the person you came in as you came in as a, as a sort of a shell of what you are now so i needed to come in as that right. rather than sort of what i whatever i whatever i was when i came in what what it, what upsets me about that is it's probably what you came in as was probably you <laughs> and what they wanted to see was the fake you that you have to put on to get the part that's a really interesting point but then <laughs> but you know that might be a whole that might be a whole thing about actually you shouldn't put anything fake on that isn't you in that moment because you can't sustain that for three years no so maybe but if you, but if you it, don't if you don't perform in inverted commas not just the performance but the the performance of yourself the best performance of you are you saying you don't get in <laughs> which which yeah to me it's it's not yeah and i i don't think it's about putting on a front like trying to be somebody else it's right. just trying to um, for me it was nerves for me it was the nerves would eat me up um always you know and that's why i, I don't think i could be a professional actor now is because i just auditions just make me so so nervous right and the idea of showcasing myself is just so anxiety provoking and i you know I can't do my best work in auditions, but you have to do your best work in auditions. You have to do your best. You you know your best stuff has to be auditions. I think. Um, so I don't. Yeah, it's not about putting putting on something fake, but it's about bringing those those parts that you know sell. Right. Up yeah, in the so same way, like a job interview. You, you know, you don't have to be not you. You just have to sell yourself. Yeah. essentially and sell how great you are and be confident in that right i see what you're saying yeah which, which is i which, i rarely did yeah i mean that makes sense <clears throat> and i was being a little bit facetious before but i i think the 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 business interview is I, and i don't know enough about the kind of drama school audition process which maybe you can enlighten me but the a business interview i mean i i, I know a fair bit about that and i and i know that you're you're granted the opportunity to 
display your best qualities. The questions are tailored. You know, you sit in a room and they want you to tell them, how good were you at this? What did you do in this moment that presented, you know, the best side of your dealing with conflict or dealing with whatever? You know, it, it's all geared for you to come out smelling of roses. The, the impression I get in, and again, please do correct me if I'm wrong, in a drama school audition is that you have to display it. You have to go in and they'll just sit there and they'll let you not display it and you won't get in. But you have to, you personally have to draw that out and, yeah, you know, lay it on a plate for them to consume. Well, th yeah, this is, this has made me thought of something I thought as well. a lot of the thoughts I've had about auditions have happened after the after I've stopped auditioning, right? And reflecting on the process and what you saying that it makes me think you you absolutely do in the way that in a in a normal interview you just have to prove that you're you know you're the right person for the job you're competent and that you've got the skills required and you know you're a decent person and you're going to be easy to work with in this. In this setting, in a drama school audition, you have to take control of that room. Right. You're an act, you know. You're an act. You're, if you're applying to be an actor, you know you as a performer on stage, you are creating the energy of the entire thing. So why, you know, if you come into an audition room and you're only, you know, you're just like you're just sort of not you're not radiating this energy that's sort of infusing the room, then. I, how are you going to be a great actor and do that on stage? And I never really considered that because that's not the person I am. I'm not the person that goes into a room of people I don't know and go, hello, everybody, it's me. I am not that person, not in a like an arrogant way or. A, well, that's the line, you know. isn't it? That's the balance. That's the difficult thing you've got yeah. to try and strike is that yeah. it, it can't be arrogant because they'll spot arrogance, they'll smell it out and they'll. Yeah, they won't. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a weird, but you, you know, you can, you can do, you can do that without, you know, being insufferable. You can sort of bring an energy into a room that sort of lifts the room up without, with that. And I've had to learn that as a director, you yeah. know. And I weirdly, I, I sort of feel like I can do that with a, as a director, because I feel like I've got permission to do that as There's somebody who's reading the room. Whereas as an actor, I never felt I could do that, and that didn't feel natural to me. Yeah, there's a different there's a different dynamic from actor to director and yeah. and the different pressures that come as well but in terms of that the way in which you have to i suppose display yourself is slightly different in, mm -hmm. in the two different scenarios is there anything that you've learned over your auditions that kind of just like a, a transferable skill that someone could you know and I'm not, obviously none of it is a, is a magic pill that will make sure that you get the part but is there is there stuff in your head that were more technical that you could do? Like, so from a technical perspective, is there stuff that you picked up on that they were looking for that you could learn and you could deliver? Is there stuff more esoteric stuff regarding nerves and stuff that you you came to understand and manage slightly better? And then in a practical delivery sense, did you get a feel for them wanting? And, and again, I presume everyone is slightly different, but was there an overriding feeling that they, they didn't want you just to come and shout it at them? They wanted some more nuance or they wanted, you know, so like all those three different sort of elements, I guess, that feed into cool. it. Okay. So, I, I mean, it's worth saying that all of this is speculative because you never get that much uh, feedback on auditions. And also I wasn't, if I had done, I didn't do these things and succeed. I'm only thinking of them as things I could have done that I think would have helped from right. the position I'm in now and from the experience I've got I've had since through my through my training. Um, I think that nerves are a really difficult thing, but you have to find a way to control your nerves. That's really easier said than done, but I was a nervous wreck going into audition rooms, you know, like just like an absolute a ball of anxiety and then because if you're in that place and then you're trying to do it it's never going to happen it's never going to happen especially you know on stage i think it's different for me at least it's different on stage but in audition room two people that just makes it even worse and i'm nervous and i'm never going to be doing my best work so find a no matter what it is find a way to control 
your nerves because if you're going to go in nervous and that's going to have an effect um, like a significant effect on how you perform then there's no point in even going in the room um there's just no point i don't think there's any point okay. and that's a that's something i did wrong but something i started to do that i think helped is i i'd make sure i was in a good mood right so instead of being like oh my god like i'm i'm so nervous i feel like shit i would make myself like a i'd make myself like a sort of like a, a playlist of like songs that would sort of gear me up and put me in a good mood and i'd played that on the way like if i was walking from the bus stop or the train station or from the hotel to the to the school to do my audition i'd put that music on and i'd uh, i that would really help okay cool um but sometimes that all then disappears because of the atmosphere of the of the room and the the overweighting room and that you know you see everybody else and what yeah, I mean, doing, you've, you've got to take the headphones them. off at some point as well haven't you yeah so um but i think as well i wish i'd sort of kept those headphones in while i was in the waiting room because that stuff doesn't matter you know it it's only about it, and if you're in a good mood maybe talk to the people around you find out about their experiences but they might not want to because they're not you know they want to get ready for the audition you're there for the audition so it going forward i wish i'd been a little bit less concerned with the atmosphere and more in myself and be like right i'm going to carry on listening to my music and i'm going to go in there absolutely ready Whereas I might have done that walking to the school, but then once I got in there, that all then faded away again. Yeah, it's really difficult not not to conform or to become yeah to become enveloped in the atmosphere that you're walking into, like you said. Yes, and because, I did completely. Yeah, and I'm sure many many people would just think, okay, head you know headphones is just one thing, but imagine that's the the little thing that you're using. Headphones out, speak to the receptionist, find where I'm sat. Everyone else is shuffling paper, and everyone else is, you know nervous oh, I've, and everyone's just sort of, sort of sat there looking forwards and okay well I'll do that and you spend 25 minutes doing that and you're bound to be crapping your pants by the time they call your name yeah, yeah. So. and and for some people that won't be an issue because they can they can keep themselves separate to a situation they can they can be sort of constant whereas I, if you're like me and you're very much sort of a, a, a chameleon and sort of a you want to fit in then that's going to be a re really difficult to maintain that, which I found very much the case is, okay, I'm going to sort of change what I'm doing to fit the atmosphere. And that would just make me a bundle of nerves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, make sure you're in a good mood and that you're ready to go into the room and you're not letting the atmosphere or whatever affect you. That's number, that's the big one. Um, two, know your speech like the back of your hand like like you can do it in your sleep you do not want to be thinking about what the next line like you might know it i've realized you can't see inverted commons what over a podcast but you know you might know it but you need to like be able to recite it backwards left right jump skip through it every second words you know that sort of so that you can do stuff with it because you don't it's it is not about just saying the words because no. that is, you know, that is sort of the the the, le the le level I was at before that. It's about saying the words and having confidence that you'll present them in a way that is entertaining and and works for what you're doing. Whereas in this case, they it needs to be more than that. So what I'm going to talk about now, sort of the prepping the speech and doing work on it, it starts with knowing it back to front because you can't do anything with it if you don't have that. You need that. Um, again, he's said and done. Again, uh, you know, I'm I'm rubbish at learning lines. I'm, I'm actually having to learn some lines at the minute, which I said, I'm not going to act because I can't learn lines. And I found myself in a position where I'm, where I'm acting and I'm having to learn lines and I'm, I'm crap at it. But you have to do that if you want it. It's something, it's something you're going to have to do. So no, back to front. And then, you you know, your pure talent isn't enough you need to have analyzed that mm -hmm. to a to a certain extent as a performer not analyze it like what does you know what is the very philosophical meaning of this but analyze it as a performer in terms of there's two big things what you're trying the, the main thing i sort of learned drama school in terms of acting it's not about you talking it's about what you're trying to do to another person okay 
if you in, in an audition can give a hint of that you don't have to you know you don't have to be because that's something you'll learn when you're trained but if you can show potential that it's not about you and it's about you affecting another person that's a really good place to be because that is the foundational level and they see they can work with you at that point um that's a really and and finding some variety and some journey in your but we always talk about journey and i never really knew what that meant when i was auditioning people would say you need to have an arc and i was like i don't, I don't know what the bloody hell you're talking about an arc like it's a monologue you say some words you get from the start you get to the end i don't know what you know I'm, I'm it's going to go where it goes but you could you know you break it down you sort of put diff you you think okay how's that bit different to the last bit it doesn't have to be a perfect arc it just needs to go on a journey um and if you've got a speech and you split it up into four there might be you know what there might be different subjects within the speech and that gives it a different journey that gives it a different flavor so play with that um yeah so go in a good mood um don't let the atmosphere of the audition affect you as much as possible as i said but sort of this is just bringing in that other point about go in knowing you have to enthuse the room mm -hmm. and you have to bring an energy that lifts up the room they're not there that you have to take charge almost yeah they will they will allow you to fail it, right yes it's your it's your audition it's not they're not running the room you are it's your audition they're not the actors they're not the performers they just want to see if you've if you've got it and then you you know you have to bring you have to bring it they're not going to give it to you they're not going to be you know some will some will be really welcoming and sort of encouraging and others will not so you have to bring that atmosphere into the room and then know your speech back to front and start thinking about the person you're delivering it to how are you affecting that person and trying to find some variety in there because just doing it like i know i'm going to say it really well pro professionals and people auditioning you will have such a, a more uh a, such a, a it's a it's a deeper understanding of a text if you're yeah, not like doing a more nuanced it, view of it right yeah and if you're not doing anything with it and you're just saying it they're gonna they're not they're gonna see that Whereas if you're doing, if you're finding variety in it, they're going to see that nuance. Yeah. And also there's every chance they've seen this speech 150 times in the last week. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. No, that's really good. Okay. That's brilliant. Um, so that, that, that's a nice kind of um, jumping off point for us then to move into the next phase of your kind of um, your arc, your journey. Um, as you, as you go off an audition, what what was that like? What was that? What was that kind of period of your life like? And and how did you kind of navigate through getting into um, into the foundation that you got onto? And then, well, let's get to that point, and then we'll discuss that foundation, I guess. Well, so I started auditioning for drama schools, and I took so after college, I then took two it took me two years out of college to then get into the found excuse me to get into the foundation so what was it 20 i left college in 26 summer 2016 then 2016 to 2017 i was out and 2017 into 2018 i was out and i was working and then i got in in the summer of 2018 so then we did romeo and juliet yeah and then I went to drama school. So it was two years that I was out, but I did three years of auditioning because I did the year while I was at college, the year in the, while well, my first gap year, and then second gap year, and then I got into the foundation. So that was three years. And two of those years I spent working at Tesco full time because I had to, I had to earn money. Um, and I was always like, I, I need to do stuff at the same I need to be working on myself and getting ready at the same time but I was working a full-time job and I did I, I didn't have that space which wasn't helpful at all and there are there are, you know that I'm glad of where I am now and where I got to but that time wasn't I mean I, I mean I got in in the end I suppose I did get into a year of drama school which was 
is was is huge for where I am now and huge to my development. But at the time, those two years, I, I sort of went off the rails a bit, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I say a bit. I, I absolutely did. You know, I was I was bored and, you know, I was going out every weekend and because that's all there was to do. Um, yeah, and I was having to actually I was actually having to find my sort of I was having to find some sort of happiness and release not in doing what I love because I wasn't because I was having to earn money and I wasn't finding I wasn't finding opportunities that fit in with that because you know it was it it is unso it's it's unsociable hours and so yeah I sort of it's a it's a i think it's really important that people are aware and i and i wasn't I, I mean i was aware but not as aware of the um just the i mean i guess three things one that look if you if you've done school and you're whether that's college or sixth form or whatever it is and you're applying to go to drama school it, it could take five years to get to get into a drama school and you've got to fill those five years. I mean, some people might sit at home and just whatever, but the majority of people, either their parents or their, you know, their general lifestyle won't allow them just to sit in their bedroom and twiddle their thumbs. Um, which means the real world hits pretty hard when you've got to get a job and you've got to earn cash. It makes it bloody difficult to chase your dreams at the same time. So I guess those two things. And then the third thing is that I, I and again, you can you can say yes or no to this, but it does feel like it's a very it, it it saps your motivation for the whole experience pretty quick because a you're having to work b you're not doing the thing you love and c you're auditioning and getting rejected like the what is the point in this existence <laughs> it's like absolutely uh, like yeah you hit the nail on the head for my, for my experience anyway is i was sort of like oh i i had this sort of this confidence that I would be able to do that and work that and be able to still be really positive about that experience. But I, I didn't have the motivation and actually by, you know, working full time, be able to, you know, live and, and as well, I was doing that a bit so that I could have a bit of a lifestyle because otherwise, you know, it did really feel like there was nothing, there, there was nothing at yeah. that point. I had to earn a bit of money to have a lifestyle, go out with my friends, because that's all there really was at that time. Um, and it does. But but I, I, I underestimated how much not being in a creative environment would sap, as you say, sap out that energy and that and that motivation to be able to go and give it my all. And but when I'm working full time, to sort of have that lifestyle and then also like i was doing the audition thing pretty full on like you start applying in september and it might be may by the time the process is finished and you're if you're applying to you know half a dozen a dozen schools that's a lot of work and it's a lot of applying it's a lot of travel it's a lot of prep on top of your job and that's all i had time for i wasn't having time to 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 do little projects elsewhere and actually the, the really the only actually i did i did a production with ctc in that time which i really enjoyed um but and 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 i did and then at the right at the end i did romeo and juliet with you but in yeah. those two years that their sort and i i loved and particularly romeo and juliet that was that was sort of me finally breaking into the scene in Oxford, which was what I'd wanted for those, which I was trying to do those whole two years. Mm -hmm. And because of work and stuff, I was just never getting there and all never like, you know, having the time to research even further and find those opportunities that were reasonably close. So at that point, you know, if I'd, if that, if that had happened at the start of those two years, I might've been, I might've had a better two years. Um, so would, again, not wanting to, to answer the question for you, but would, are we saying then that the kind of, if you want to get through this, this period, which not, not 100% of people will experience, but a, a big sway the people from what I've spoken to do have a one or two year gap where they're, they're trying to get in. And obviously some people get in on their first try and great, you know, more power to them but what 
from from what I've just listened to you saying is that if you set up in your head that it's going to take you two years or three years, if you if you just just tell yourself that, that's the first step to realizing that okay, motivation, get ready. We've got to stick with this for two years. After the first year, let's not start getting disheartened we know we said to ourselves at the start this could take two or three years let's keep cracking on and then secondly just get involved with the local theater scene just try and find a way of doing the thing you love so do get do get you know out there and and try and get involved in a production because what that does is it just reinforces the love a bit would that be fair to say yeah yeah i think uh, for me it was a case of uh sort of intellectually I was like yes absolutely I'm going to stick it out no matter what and then I wasn't really paying attention I wasn't listening to myself and how that was making me feel I was sort of just trying to suppress all that emotion of rejection and actually being quite miserable and being like it's fine because I really want this and actually being sort of like now I might go I might I didn't have the I wanted it so much I was like it I don't care what the personal cost is to me. And I wasn't recognizing how it was making me feel and the personal right. cost of that. Whereas now I would, I'd listen to that. Right. Okay. That's and that's something I've learned. But at the time I was so like dead set on wanting to become a professional but, actor and do those what, three years. But at what point can anyone, I mean, without going through it, is that, is that a possibility? Can you really tell yourself, is this worth it? Like it is worth it in the moment. It's only not worth it after the moment's passed right for me i for me i always justified it as i will i would i will regret it so much more if i get to like 60 and haven't done it i'll regret not having tried right and i suppose that's sort that that might be true because i did try you know i did i did in total four years of drama school auditioning because if you add if you add the year that i auditioned when i was at conti and so yeah, I, I, I will never have that now. I will never have that. I didn't try, which no. I suppose does give me a level of satisfaction. But there was a personal cost over those two years and actually put me on not a great path for the next two years. And I guess the only, I mean, two positives I can just very quickly pull out that may still not have presented themselves as positive to you. Firstly, you did get in somewhere. So you, the, at the end of it, there was ultimately a payoff. Well, two payoffs, because yeah. obviously you, you got in to Conti, but you also came out of that and moved into a, a although slightly different track, still drama-based and still, you know, within the within the theatre world and are now yeah. doing something that sounds like you're really enjoying. But mm. also, I again, from other interviews that I've done, but also just, just from knowing, experience is super important. So even crazy years experience, even pain and even, you know, suffering and hardship are, are actually really, really good for actors and creatives because they do fuel and feed into, you know, what you can present when you're trying to manifest a character or when you're trying to shape a character as a director or anything like that. So although not maybe no one should seek out those experiences, having them in the bank can be beneficial so and again they may not have paid off yet but you may utilize some of that stuff that you had to go through when you come yeah. to kind of like yeah and i think those i think those years certainly helped my characterization of mercutio and romeo and juliet <laughs> yeah and helped me far i don't i don't know if, if that's an interesting thought about using <clears throat> that stuff because now actually not in that position although i've got that sort of experience and memory i don't think i could find that again now that right. i'm not in that place you know i see what you're saying I, so what I, you're I saying it, it was great casting is what you're saying yeah, really good casting. <laughs> I'll take um, it. I yeah, it's uh, for me looking back on it. I where I am now, I'm really happy with. So I don't regret that time because actually, because like the course I'm on now only existed the year I applied for it, and I wouldn't have applied to that had I not done drama school and so on and so on. So the timeline of what's progressed, if it had happened any other way, I wouldn't be where I was now. Yeah. Like if I'd have given up at some point, I wouldn't be on a directing course now because it wouldn't have brought me to that the, exactly the right place. If you know what yeah. I mean, like everything happened and it as it ha is now is X is great. Yeah. But if that hadn't been the case, 
just as a bit of advice to other people really consider that personal cost you know the fact i only got into a year now actually going on to sort of getting into moving on to the conti stuff uh doing a year was great for me because i realized where my skill set was and that it wasn't necessarily as a professional actor right and that wasn't necessarily where i was best suited to like yeah. i was all right i i didn't notice myself being like worse than like oh i i don't I, I never thought i don't fit in here when i went to conti i never thought i'm not good enough to be here but there was definitely a sense of within myself of being sort of more leveled out in terms of me being among people who were of a very similar ability to me and comparing myself and going well i'm not as good as okay i sort of need to be good at all of these things if i'm going to succeed and i'm not good at that i'm not good at that i'm not good at that and if there's 50 people on this course and five of them are good at all those things and i'm only good at half of them then technically i might not be as good and if i'm not as good then that doesn't put me in a great place for an industry that is really hard to get a job in even if you're really good at all those things and that was sort of the point where i thought and and, and it wasn't like i thought okay i'm not good at that thing so i need so i need to think of something else it was more it was more just chance that i saw the directing course and thought oh well how i am as a performer how i interact and who you learn you learn you do learn more about yourself when you go and do that intense training and i if i hadn't it's a it's a circle it's this thing of i would not have learned about myself if i hadn't gone to drama school but also going to drama school sort of made me realize that i i wasn't necessarily going to make a professional actor it's it's a uh, but what it's it's also really weird that allowing yourself to understand that as a possibility is quite a big thing to do especially when you spent three years trying to get on the bloody course and then you're like oh no maybe this is not for me and the only reason i bring it up is because people listening again it's i know that most people have their eyes open it's a tough world out there it's tough to get jobs when you're a professional actor it's tough to to interact in the space you have to be a certain type of person with certain set of skills over and above your ability to act you know it's not all about your acting there's there's certain certain things you need to be able to do that are yeah outside of that yeah but people blind themselves to that because they just want it so much you know yeah and like, i did i absolutely did i did that yeah yeah so i guess not that we're going to open any eyes with people listening here now but at least if people are listening and you know, there's just a nugget of reality that can creep in and just say, look, just be aware that, you know, your your life does not end if you suddenly realize that you're not going to be the professional actor you thought you were. Okay, so let's, if we can quickly kind of, again, I'm not that any of what you said has not been or won't be useful to, to an amateur listening. Um, I, I would kind of, in terms of the, year you did at Conti is there stuff that that you learned that you can now kind of like translate into a, a into a kind of a way that someone listening could utilize it it's hard because there is something about the intensity of it that speaks for the training right there's yeah. something about that intensity that is a is a part of that training yeah Martha sort said of interlinked being, yeah being in the space every day with people who are all in tune with doing the work you get three years of doing that that's that's in, in and of itself learning over and yeah. above kind of the and, specifics. and even a year doing that was was you know it was it was the same it was it had that element to it i would say so elements so elements of my training that i could pull out well, obviously, I did quite a fa fa what is quite useful for this question is I did do a foundation level of training. I did mm -hmm. a first year Cert HE, and it was sort of modelled on the first year of the drama school training, but in its own self-contained thing. And what did we do? We did voice, 
movement. They are two of the big principles. Okay. Um, then we did script analysis. So the main uh, sort of theory we learned was was sort of uh, was objectives and actions was sort of a uh, we ours was sort of more based on Uta Hagen than Stanislavski, mm -hmm. but still sort of that realm of sort of uh, learning. So it was the first term was sort of voice. So what is voice? So give me a give me a. You keep saying voice, but what is the voice? I know what voice is, but what is yeah. the what we're doing with our voices? You are. I loved voice work and the voice work you, what you, I did at Conti was fantastic. If anything, I'd say their voice, their voice department is, was the best department. So it's all about changing. It's enhancing your body and the tools you have to use your voice in the best way possible for performance. Okay. There is a total, total shift between your natural voice and what you come with and how it can be trained right and the different tools you can learn through your the main principles we learned about were alignment and posture and tension breath resonance and articulation okay, they cool. were the four big things and they're the basis and now when i'm sort of running workshops and stuff they are really key to um to the to sort of beginning and, and and getting you into a place where you shift into acting mode the difference between you doing a performance having not warmed up and not having that sort of that sort of awareness is quite big once you know about it right it's quite a big shift so that people so that because it's it's not only about people hearing you it's about your whole expression the whole way you're expressing yourself right and it's same with the physical you're what you're doing is you're the same with that so the movement classes and stuff you're finding more awareness in your body to be able to express yourself in greater ways you know you you as an actor you express yourself through what you say and how you move that's what we do as people so training those areas to to sort of enhance them and be there's two things about it both flexible you have to be sort of it's about making you more malleable and being able to choose which parts of your voice and which parts of your body you use and i mean a very literal sense of that is isolating but in a sense of what tools you use to to bring something to life but also about in general there are there are basics that make you that will just make your performance better you know if you've vocally warmed up and you've got you know you've supported your breath and you've uh, you you're articulating they, they might still be able to hear you at the back but your performance and the and the way you actually engage with your performance will be improved as well i don't know if that makes any sense no, no it makes a total sense so you've got this this outward thing that's going on which which the audience will see directly so whether it's the way you project and the volume that you're able to reach and and the dynamic nature of your voice and then the elements of your body that you're utilizing to present and and match up with what you're saying will be visually seen but then internally you're also within yourself more comfortable more confident more seated more kind of like relaxed in your body and yeah. also aware of the the scope at which you could push it to if you need to because the skills are there that yeah. will reflect also in the character on stage although yeah. it may not be something that the audience consciously spot yes but it will have an impact so they got, yeah it's it's sort of intangible to the audience but it yeah. does make a difference yeah and it's very and it's like um it will just enhance that, that, that there's that two things there's the sort of being able to have more awareness so that you can choose what you do in terms of character and what you choose to bring and take away to have more variety in in your work as an actor and a performer from the character side of things but also an enhancement generally to just make you more performative and more 
you know, more, it, it's easier for you to do your job. Like by the end of my training, I couldn't act without doing a warm up. Right. Yeah. Martha said so, the but, same thing. So, but like, but like now oh, that's faded away a little bit because I haven't been performing in quite a while. But, but certainly when I was in that level of intensity, by the end of that year, when we were doing sort of our final show, I, and, and having had that year of classes and training, I noticed within myself, I, I could really tell, which I wouldn't have necessarily been able to halfway through that year, but by the end of that year, and I don't know if I, I think I'd, I haven't really done much acting since, so I wouldn't really know if that's still the case. But at that time, by the end of that year, I could really tell the difference. I was like, I couldn't act properly if I hadn't done a warm up mm -hmm. because all those tools weren't there. And I could, you can feel that within yourself. So actually, so those are two massive things, voice and movement, but they need attention is the problem. It's not just to read a book about it or they need, you know, you need to do that work because it's it's a slow shift. You're right. not just going to read one exercise or watch one YouTube video and suddenly be able to support your breath. It takes time and you that does take training. I mean, may, you know, maybe there does need to be more like long form workshop opportunities for mm -hmm. people to do. Like, because, you know, you do the odd like six week thing. But, you know, maybe there, sh I, 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 but maybe there are already, but like, you know, a year long course where you do two two hours a week of of voice and movement training yeah actors uh, because that's you know half you know that's half of a drama school training yeah right there um so yeah, i don't makes... know right no it's good i think it's a very fair point and although i have i have done some investigation into it and and those opportunities are limited obviously there are still opportunities uh, there are teachers and trainers who want to impart that knowledge what what the format of that is it varies you know it could be one-on-one -on -one or it could be group stuff and it could be more tailored to the, the professional or not so i guess there's a just a, a slight bit more investigation that someone needs to do if they want to find something that suits their desired outcome so that you know they have to, they have to look into it okay and the final thing you said was the script work yeah what is it is it kind of like a high level things that you could feed in feed off of from that that might be interesting you know i started to talk about in audition when we were talking about auditions about um starting to affect another person and mm -hmm. finding variety in that it's doing that but really getting go, going to town with that right um we used so the training i did at conti it was particularly actions based so uh so an the putting an action on a word a tr like a transitive verb so yeah there's lots of different names for actioning uh verbing you know people call them transitive verbs um and it's sort of a level of analysis you start with um you know your your characters sort of le learning about your asking questions about your character um, I know Martha talked about this, about looking through the script, seeing what you say about yourself, what other people say about you. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I like that comment. And there's one more. I can't remember what the other one is. It's been a while. Something like that. But like going through a script and looking for clues about what people say about your character, what yeah. you say about yourself, you know, that sort of thing um, to get clues about your character. And then from that point, sort of looking at the uh, looking at sort of your objectives so your overall which i still find objectives are still difficult okay. to put your there I, I still think they're they're a really basic and in integral part to acting but i still find them quite difficult to find the sense of an an objective okay um and then and then taking that and then sort of uniting up sort of breaking up the script and then giving yourself so being more specific the whole thing about that year was specificity okay. being spe specific in what you're doing vocally specific in what you're doing with your body and specific in what you're doing with the text um that is the one word i think is specificity that's what i got out of it anyway okay and so you 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 break up the text you might have a chunk of text and you have one object you 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 sort of you have one piece of action 
and you go, okay, right, that's the, okay, that's one objective. And now what they made us do is they made us put an action, a, a verb word on every line that we said. So it'd be different. So my, and what I re, what I learned was really well, it wasn't just, I want this, but it was in, in the, in the unit of text, you, it would be like, I, I action you in order to get this. Right. So I do this in order to get this. Mm -hmm. And that was a really good way of doing it. And then you think of specific words on each of your lines. And that, that was a really good way of, of intensely getting it into us because trying to find an appropriate verb on every line is really hard. Yeah. Definitely. Like this is a con this and these concepts, they sound quite, it sounds quite self, self explanatory, right? A little bit. Yeah. To, yeah. To a certain degree. But the actual doing it is really hard, <laughs> like objectives and actions and uniting, like actions, especially like you, you're, you're the transitive verb that's doing something to somebody else. So it has to be a do it has to be a word that fits. It can't be like I make you feel guilty or I guilt you. That doesn't work. It has to be it has to be a word. And that was really hard. Um was finding like specific like but it could be something like i command you uh you know things like that like yeah, those yeah. transitive verbs yeah. so that was a big part of it and that was sort of in our final showcase that was really for the heavy work we did was in that was like what's your action on that line okay. what's your action what's your action what's your action and we'd have to come to the rehearsal with that action and then uh, our director would write that action on the and if and it on the script on his script and if he didn't think we were playing the action we'd have to do it again okay so that was sort of the that was a really big so yeah it's sort of that foundational training was about finding specificity in the text in the movement in the voice okay that's nice and i think it the how you just described it was was i think very Good. convoluted no no not at all no no very concise <laughs> I, was say, I was gonna say the opposite i was gonna say very concise oh, thank uh you. in the in the, the it breaks it down nicely into those constituent parts and it, it it it's something that an amateur could definitely just listen to and go okay i i understand the concept of what i've just been told i can go forward and find specifics on movement or voice work that i can begin to practice and try and and I guess one, not one benefit, but you know, there, there is a benefit to being a, an amateur without a teacher sort of hanging over you the whole time is that you can test something. If it doesn't work for you, go and find something else, go and try this, yeah. go and try that. So that, you know, absolutely. The, a lot of that stuff is, you know, there is stuff out there. Some of it is paid for. Some of it is free and, you know, you'll get different levels of quality. And if I ever get my ass in gear, maybe the website will provide details of all of these things where you can actually learn some of the stuff you just mentioned from from reading it so it's and it's real just a just a quick taking it back um so something like learning about starting with breath and voice that's gonna that's gonna really help you in your nerves for auditions yeah. so that's something i realized i got in that last year i got better because i could control my breath and i could like be focusing on grounding myself vocally and physically before I went into an audition and that yeah, really I mean, happened. Like I still got bloody nervous, but I was doing much better work in that last year of auditions. Yeah. And I think those said, skills. Yeah. I think what you said about it, how it presents itself on stage will reflect on how it, it presents itself in auditions and stuff like that, because you, you naturally feel more comfortable with more knowledge and more understanding. So if you have better knowledge of your voice and your body and, you know, your ability to understand the text, you're less worried about, them throwing stuff at you that might you might go what does that even mean what do i do in this situation or or they i can feel they're not liking what i'm presenting them with i i've got to make a change i can do that you're not you know you become more flexible in the space because you have more skills at your disposal than if you just go the in shitting your pants and just going i've got it i know it i'm going to read it to you here it is oh that was terrible Sorry. yeah 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 I think the, the, there, was, there was one more thing I thought about, about sort of what I learned uh, about the acting and uh, about that side of things. And it was about 
you're learning with that specificity what you're also what the other big thing you're learning to do is you're learning to not telegraph which is sort of it's it's not all outwards mm -hmm. it's not all exterior and it's not all so uh one of the i i didn't get taught by but one of the teachers referred to it as wanking you're not there to wank on stage which as an amateur you are totally allowed to do and it's totally your right because you've got to get something out of it it's you know it's for the audience you, but it's you will, also you for will you need to to elaborate on the wanking okay that you're presenting and not literally <laughs> not literally so wanking is self-gratifying um and you and and as an actor you will i found i would do this you go in and you you act but you're in the moment you're getting self-gratification from it and it's about what you're doing when you go to drama school and you start and they start to train you they will take they will knock sort of knock that out of you right um because it's about what you're doing it's about the other person okay. opposite you dramatically that is much more interesting it's 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 about it's a mutual thing it's not it's not alone it's about finding that connection and about about you affecting another person it's not about you you sort of doing it for yourself yeah. hence the wanking okay yeah i'll, I'll take that it makes sense that might but, make, but, that might make the edit <laughs> <laughs> but that's not a thing about but that's like not about that's not a bad thing like it's not wrong to do that in if you're an amateur it's just as a professional you don't do that like you're if you're an amateur you're allowed to do it because you're doing it for fun yeah i, <clears throat> I hear what you're saying but i'm i'm very much of the mind that and not i'm not in any way trying to make people who are listening into professionals i am attempting to help them become the best actors directors sound lighting people that they can and if mm. if you are presenting that as an idea that that it will affect what the audience see on stage and it, it will, will yeah it, it, whether it whether a professional wouldn't do it or not i guess is irrelevant if if an amateur can see that and go actually yeah i do do that a bit i do peacock a bit too much or i do whatever maybe yeah. maybe bringing that in a bit will help myself and the other actors and the whole piece come across as a stronger unit um it's definitely worth them taking that on board so yeah i think that's fair. yeah that makes sense yeah i just think there's sort i i i don't think there should be as much of a focus on it necessarily like it's a good thing to keep and and also like yeah if people are like really peacocking it's taking away from other people then that's a, that's a completely different thing but just in terms of where you are in the space and in that moment like i think it's okay if you're not if you're not completely there because you want it it's a, it's a little bit like a, a, it's not necessarily about sort of like peacocking but about an enjoy it's about an enjoyment thing mm -hmm. And I think it is it is it it would be quite easy to sort of start enforcing that and it be and people not have as much fun. But obviously, you know. Uh, but then that's a different that's an interesting point because you know what I I didn't stop enjoying acting once I learned to stop sort of wanking on stage. Out of context, that is a really interesting yeah. quote. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I use that, that as the opening line. <laughs> No, no, but I, yeah, I'm not sure the two are mutually exclusive. I'm not sure that the the idea of of being that way on stage is necessarily a direct line to enjoying it more. I think that just it it just maybe becomes a yeah. I, I don't want to say showing off because people do it just because they want to do the best show they possibly can or the best performance they can. So ultimately, it's not it's not just about showing off and being the center of attention. Mm. But it, I, I'm not sure that you wouldn't get as much enjoyment or as much feedback from the audience or your fellow actors if you weren't kind of peacocking as much or, you know, as you say. Kind of... I, th Yeah, I think you're right. But I, and I think it's about, it is definitely about, I, I think it's in this context, it's lesser because people don't, you know, people don't go to drama school and start like 
I don't think they do start showing off because they're actually quite nervous. It is about where your focus is, whether it's within yourself or the other person, mm -hmm. whether it's what yeah. am I doing? What's my motivation like? What, what am I trying to do? No, it's not about that. It's about what you're trying to do to that other person. It's about the other person on stage. And that will and if you start focusing on that, you're going to start doing some really interesting work. Mm -hmm.